What's up, brothers and sisters? Welcome back to the 307 Podcast and another comms check with me, Chad. Wow, it's been a heck of a week for me. I'm checking in with you guys mainly because my wife, Brooke, dared me or challenged me (laughs) to do a comms check on how I've been feeling and kind of what I've been going through personally. She challenged me. Um, I don't, I, I think, I think that she, she thought that I wouldn't talk to you guys about how I've been feeling, but here's the thing. You guys know me from the very beginning and I'm here to bring you the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, I try to try to really keep it in the good, but when things get ugly, Hey, I'm going to give you that too, because there's value there. So we'll talk about my recent kind of things I've been dealing with, and then we'll dig into a little bit of a uh, little bit of Bible, a little bit of scripture, and try to understand the resurrection, the whole idea of eternal life. And uh, yeah, all right. This comms check is brought to you by Salty Bridges. Salty Britches is the number one anti-chafing cream on the market. I use it on all my ultra marathons, on the basic course, anytime I'm outside generating sweat, salt, and nastiness. I use body I, I use salty britches to prevent chafing because chafing sucks. And I got my fair share of chafing and seal training. So I'll pass on it now that I don't have to deal with it. Man, back in SEAL training, we used to use this stuff called Body Glide. It was like in a little deodorant stick. And we used it under our wetsuits when we would do like a two-mile or sometimes uh, we did a, fi- a five-nautical-mile ocean swim in second phase. Anyways, that's when we – and this stuff, man, it was terrible. It just wouldn't stay on. It really didn't do the job. Anyway, Salty Britches, Salty Britches actually stays on. It does the job, and it works. So, check them out at GetSaltyBritches.com. That's GetSaltyBritches.com. They're on Instagram at GetSaltyBritches. I've been using this product for well over a year now. It's tried and true. You guys know I only tell you about products that I use personally on a uh, this one pretty much a daily basis. Thank you, Salty Britches, for sponsoring this comms check. Yeah, let's dig into this thing. That's enough housekeeping. Hey, I made a post yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw it or not. I don't know how the algorithms and Instagram work, but, you know, it was just kind of a uh, just a short synopsis of how I've been feeling. The post said, the things that I do might look hard to you, but these things that you see are the ones that come easy to me. So these hard things that you see me doing, whether it's 100-mile races or, um, you know, long missions out in the wilderness or, you know, even things like SEAL training, uh, the stories I tell from that time of my life, you know, all these really hard things are seemingly hard things. Those things actually come easy to me. It's not that I don't have to work, you know. To get the job done, it's not that I don't have to train and, and put the time in and, you know, all this stuff. But, you know, that that sort of 
physical pain in that arena. Um, yeah, I mean, that's my thing. That's my wheelhouse, you know. <clears throat> the the things that are hard to me are <clears throat> actually pretty unique. And <clears throat> sorry about that. To read through the rest of this post, it says, my struggle is much different, or the things that I struggle with are, are probably much different than the things that most people struggle with. And then I go to list up four things under here. Uh, one, The first one is a video call or, or like a Zoom call in a cold, empty room. Second one is my weapons moved or unorganized. My weapons are my gear. If they're moved or moved or not where I, where I know that I can, you know, I know where they're at and, you know, they're, they're in, 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 in good working order. A lack of a designated safe space, the feeling of being uprooted. Then I go on to say, I checked out of that life nearly two years ago. So that, you know, military SEAL team, <coughs> that kind of arena where, you know, a lot of these things, you always felt uprooted. Uh, there wasn't really a safe, there was usually not a safe space for you to kind of wind down you always had to know where your weapon and your gear was at. You always had to make sure they were in good working order, and uh, you made a lot of a lot of video calls or, or calls from sat phones or whatever on a crappy internet signal in some dark, empty, crap hole room in a third world country, trying to reach back and contact your family members or loved ones that you didn't know when you were going to see them again or if you were going to see them again. Let's carry on with this post. I checked out of that life nearly two years ago, but that life didn't check out of me. Circumstance sometimes brings old memories to bear. Now, <clears throat> I, look, let me, I'm going to be straight up with you guys. My life right now is better than it's ever been. So I, I'm not looking for sympathy here. I'm not like... Yes, I'm a veteran. Yes, I, I you know I have stuff that I deal with. Look, that's cool, man. That's my cho this is my this was my chosen way of life. And I wouldn't trade any of the stuff that happened to me as a SEAL. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't change any of it. I wouldn't trade anything, any of those memories, any any of those experiences. I wouldn't trade anything for some cushy corporate job that was going to pay me a bunch of money and now I could be sitting here like a fat cat chilling. No, heck no. I wouldn't trade any of that for for something else. It is what I wanted to do. So I'm, I, I appreciate your thoughts and your prayers and your kind words, um, but I'm not searching for sympathy. I'm just telling you this because I want to dig a lesson out of it. All right, we talked about the video call thing, man. It's, it's weird. All right, what what has kind of sparked all of this is we're moving right now. So moving, we're actually moving into a much better place, living environment, house, everything, than, than we've been living in. So we're, we're like upgrading times 10. Now, that should be exciting. And now... Moving can be stressful for any for anyone, but understand, I don't have kids. We're not in any hurry. Like, there's really no reason this sh should be stressful, which is 
what's crazy about it because it doesn't make sense to people from the outside looking at me being like, dude, why are you freaking acting this way? Like, why aren't you excited? Why are you stressed out? <clears throat> so as we sit and talk right here, I'm in my old house and I am in a empty, cold room. The house, now we've moved out of here. The reason I'm here is because we don't have internet yet at our new place. So I got to come back here to do any of my work. And all, literally all that's left is my computer and my podcasting equipment. The whole rest of the house is empty and like there's no life in it, right? And so, you know, it, it was, it's weird to me because it's, it's, hard to, it's hard for me to come in here and, and work. And the things that I do, you guys know, the, the business that I'm in, it revolves around me being creative and, and me, uh, you know, articulating things to you guys and, 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 and content and stuff like that. It's not easy to sit down here and talk into a microphone. It just, it just takes, just takes like, well, I don't know what it takes, but it's not, it's not easy for me anyways. I'm a, I'm a frogman. I'm not a radio guy. Uh, so I've been sitting in here in this cold kind of empty house and room and, you know, I don't know, it just, it really subconsciously, and I didn't even know it was happening, but I, I think it was bringing back those memories that I just shared with you guys earlier about, you know, being in a, you know, some, some third world country or being overseas somewhere and trying to get internet signal in this, you know, place that where nothing you weren't you were thousands of miles away from home and you're just trying to reach back and talk to one of your loved ones and like I say that that's you, you didn't know when you were getting home you didn't know when you were going to see them again you didn't know if you were going to see them again you didn't know what they do they were doing and they didn't know what you were doing so it's a, that's weird man I did that for years I did that for for years it did, wasn't just one call like it was, it was on the reg, man. And I, I, I left that life, dude. I ain't trying to do that no more. And just being in here and doing this, it, it, it in a some way, like brought back that stress. Now that's cool. I, I've analyzed that and I've realized what's happening. Now, it is what it is. I'm I'm gonna keep coming. I'm gonna keep delivering, right? This is this is temporary. I'm in here talking right now, doing this right now. All right. My weapons moved are unorganized. All right. <laughs> this is hilarious. I came back. I, I I actually left here yesterday and went back to our new house. And you know, yesterday was kind of a tough day. All all this kind of hit me kind of at once. I walked back in the house. I was, you know, a little bit stressed out and uh I had I had all of my weapons and my gear in my new gear room. Well, we had to my wife was actually trying to help me and she moved all of my weapons and gear from my gear room into a closet because we had to lock them up. I had I, I didn't I had not moved my safes over to the new house. I've moved them now. But um yesterday they weren't there. We had to lock them up. And you know, when I walked in the house and I saw those 
weapons and gear that it had all been moved, it like, oh my gosh, that knocked me for a loop. And and it wasn't angry at her. I like I walked into the closet and I can see my weapons and my gear. They're in there. Then I looked down on the floor and she had put some of them on the floor. Just laying, laying, you know, uh, along uh, on the floor in this empty closet. Now she didn't just throw them down; she set them down, you know, uh, carefully. And, and what I'm trying to explain to you is, she was trying to help because she knew I had to do this at some point in the day. So she figured she'd do it for me without telling me and kind of surprise me. Well, it is not that she you know, treated, I don't have any emotional attachment to these weapons or gear. It's not like, I'm not like a gun collector or or all of my guns are all beat up and shot out and, you know, I use them. They said, look, man, in in the teams from, from literally day one of training and on throughout my career, there were times when your life, literally 24-7 depended on you knowing where your weapon and your gear was at. You knowing exactly where they were at. They were staged perfectly. You know, they were in good working order. And it was just, that that was just part of that life, man. That's just part of it. Look, I I remember in Bud's one time, they were so particular you know, back then in the early days of training on driving this point home of like knowing the condition of your weapon, knowing where it's at, making sure it's in good working order. Um, I I remember seeing a dude that had set his uh, rifle down in the sand. It wasn't even a real rifle. This was uh, in Bud's where we carried the, the plastic rifles really early on in training. He had set it down in the sand to do something and the instructor, an instructor saw it. This dude, this instructor was a master chief. Uh, and a master chief seal is an intimidating dude. I don't care who you are, especially when you're in training. Now, this particular master chief was about 6'5", and just, I'm talking about old muscle. I'm talking about like sinew. This dude was probably in his late 50s, just a salty Big old master chief, man. Hard, hard dude. And I'm sitting here watching my my teammate that I'm going through buds with. He had set his weapon down in the sand. And this master chief comes up and just straight leg kicks him in the chest and just drops him. I'm like, holy smokes. That's the re- that was the repercussion for setting your weapon on the ground. Now, that memory stays, when you see something like that happen, it doesn't even have to happen to you. I mean, it can just happen right next to you, to your buddy. And you're like, oh man, I better never set my weapon down on the ground. Now, I'm sorry, but that sticks in your subconscious. So when I walk into this closet and my weapons are, laying on the ground and and they've been moved and you know I don't know where everything's at son it didn't feel good it stressed me out man now that's not logical 
I, I, I realized that, and I, I, I didn't know why I was getting so stressed out at first. And then, I, you know, I've thought through this stuff in my head, see? I'm just figuring this stuff out, man. I've only been out of the Navy for a, a year, no, almost two years. Like, I'm still learning stuff about myself, man. I haven't been living this new life for very long. Now, lack of a designated safe, safe space and the feeling of being uprooted, like I told you two, two years ago, I left that life behind. Now, I strive now to live a, a, a quiet, peaceful life and mind my own business and work with my hands. That's what I strive to do. Like I, 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 I've learned something about myself since I, um, since I got out of the Navy. And, you know, this whole process of moving this go around really just dr- drives it home. I have to, where, wherever I'm living at, wherever I'm at, I have to have a room that is mine. It's designated as mine. It's my safe space. Again, that's where my gear, my equipment, all that, I know where it's all. It doesn't even have to be organized. I just know where it's at. I have to have that, man, to relax, to chill out. And, you know, I think it's just because I left that life behind. I made that transition in my mind. I, I lived so long without a safe space, without a place that was mine. And now I, I, I got to have it to, to relax. I'm cool with that. Now that I know I have to have it, uh, that that can be now on the top of my list of things to do the next time we move because I'm sure we'll move again. All right, so that I'm just talking through these things, these these things that I've been kind of dealing with here. Again, I'm not trying to play the disabled veteran PTSD card here. Uh, you know, anybody anybody that's lived hard and fast and Done, lived a crazy life or experienced trauma, you know, they're, they're no different than we're, 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 we all, the brain is a freaking powerful thing. The brain's a powerful thing. This isn't a game changer for me. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep, I, look, man, you got two choices. You can either quit or you can just keep coming. Now, as these things are happening, this has actually been a great thing because it has allowed me, it's given me the opportunity to find and identify these things about myself, these little things that, that I didn't really even know were there. Now, instead of just freaking out and panicking and, and then just, you know, locking myself in, a, in the room and, and not doing what I love to do, Instead of doing that, I, I've looked at these situations like when my weapons were moved, like not having, I've looked at all, uh, you know, this mess, you know, doing, doing a, a video call in a cold, dark, uh, cold, empty room. Like I've, I've thought about this stuff. I haven't just been like, okay, well, you know, I don't like this. So I'm going to just keep, no, I've thought about it. what are the origins of it? And why does, how, how can I put some, some logic to this? Now, I've thought about it. I've identified why I'm experiencing these things. Now I can do the best I can to fix it, or at least I can be prepared for it next time. It's not a big deal, man. It's a great opportunity to find little chinks 
in my armor that I didn't even know were there. And once you find them and identify them, then you can work to fix them or prevent them. So it's actually a wonderful opportunity. <clears throat> See, this is, a, this is a whole new training pipeline for me. This whole civilian life, it's like a whole other training pipeline. Now, all right, so uh, the other thing I did yesterday when I got, when I just really got maxed out and I had analyzed this stuff, you know, came to kind of a conclusion of, of why it was, uh, you know, going on. I had uh, then another choice. I could lay down on my couch and just take it easy and kind of just, I didn't feel like doing much, right? I was a little amped up, not feeling good. I just wanted to just lay down and just give up on the day. But guess what? I literally forced myself to go out and go on a run. I'll swear to you, I did not feel like doing anything. <clears throat> now, I, I really, well, that was cool because, you know, you hear people a lot of times say, oh, if you're depressed or you're anxious or you're struggling with this and that, go out and move, go out and exercise, go out and run. It's going to, well, it, look, man, when you're depressed or you're anxious, it's hard to get yourself out the dang door to go and move your body or to go for a run. I, I noticed that yesterday. But ultimately, you do have the choice to do that. And that's what I told myself. Yeah, I don't feel like this. I don't feel like doing this. Nothing in me feels like doing this, but I forced myself to get out and do it. Now, that was wonderful. It changed my whole mindset. I went out, spent an hour, hour and a half running, got back, and I was able to start knocking out some tasks in order to create that safe space that I was craving. So instead of laying on the couch and getting nothing done and just waking up in the morning with the same situation that I was in that evening, I went out, moved my body, did something I loved, forced myself to do it, forced myself to do it. When I got back in, it was so much easier to see clearly of what I needed to do in order to fix my environment and in turn fix the things that I was having to deal with. So, man, that's a pretty in-depth description of my day yesterday. There you go. Huh, Brooke, I hope you listen to this because now you owe me. She dare I'm not gonna she bet me that I wouldn't do this, but I don't know why, but she did. That's enough about my stuff. I hope you guys maybe you guys learned something from that. Maybe it was interesting for you to hear it. Maybe you're going through stuff yourself. Again, analyze it. What's causing the problem? What is the what why is it why is it? Is it something in your past? Is it something in your present? Analyze it. Go move your body, even though you don't want to, and then get to work on fixing the problem and creating an environment that's gonna foster peace. All right. Sweet. Now Let's move on. Let's talk about some important stuff. 
Uh, yeah, let's talk through some spiritual stuff real quick. Now, uh, this is just off the top of my head because I, I was just going to do the, the comms check just on my stuff, but then I was like, well, heck, we might as well talk about some spiritual stuff while we're on here. Now, look, this is just going to be kind of a, a, a quick touch on understanding the, the resurrection or eternal life, right? And, and this, this is something, you know, I tell people quite often that I can't die. I tell people quite often that, um, you know, I, 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 I'm literally, we, are, we actually all, whether you believe in Christ or not, we all have a spirit which is eternal. Your spirit is eternal. Now, it's going to exist eternally, either with your creator in what <clears throat> we call heaven <clears throat> or it's going to exist eternally apart from your creator in what we call hell. Now, I don't think that we can comprehend what either one of those places look like. But we all have an eternal part of ourselves, and that's your spirit. So to understand this resurrection idea, this to not, not even idea, to understand the truth of resurrection or eternal life, it, 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 it's powerful because if you can grasp it and you can and, and your faith is rooted in the fact that you have you literally have access to eternal life, it's going to change everything about your life here on earth. It's going to change the way you act. It's going to change the things that you want to do. It's going to change the way that you view money. It's going to change the way that you spend your time. It's going to change everything <clears throat> about you. So, it's a pretty important thing <clears throat> to grasp and to have faith in. Here, here we see in the Bible right here, you know, this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and uh, we'll just start right here. It says, and if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. Without the resurrection, if Christ didn't rise again on the third day, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also, those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If Christ did not Rise, if Christ was not resurrected, then all the folks that died believing in Christ, they also have not been resurrected. Essentially, if Christ was not resurrected, then death is the end. Oh, man. Sometimes I, I think about what a blessing it is to know that death is not the end. To know that Jesus Christ defeated death on the cross. What a blessing that is, man. It's just, what the heck? It don't get no better than that. Oh, man. All right. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, 
then we of all men are the most pitiable. If we only have hope in Christ for this little bitty short life right here that we're living, then wow, we are to be pitied, right? Because our walk is not the easiest walk. We are servants. Look, Paul says in 2 Corinthians, why, why is it, if we don't have hope for eternal life in Jesus Christ, why, why would we, look, man, sin feels good. Why wouldn't we just go off the off the freaking deep end and start having orgies and acting crazy and, and just idolizing money and you know doing all this crazy stuff, man? First of all, when you when you meet Jesus, you, you don't I, I mean when I met Jesus, he took all that from me. It's not even a that that kind of stuff's not even appealing to me anymore. But if there was no resurrection and we had no hope for eternal life, <clears throat> look, let's talk about what, what, what does it mean to be a, a, a Christian or a minister of God? Paul says it right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, uh, we give no offense in anything that our ministry might not be blamed. We give no offense. But in all things, we commit, we commend ourselves as ministers of God in all things, in much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying, and behold, we live, as chastened yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. Now, that's what Paul's saying, the walk of a the, the walk of a follower of Christ, a servant of Christ. It's in all things, man. On the right and on the left. Look. What a powerful what a powerful uh, few verses there. I love the last part as having nothing, yet possessing all things, man. All things are his. The cattle on a thousand hills are his. All the gold is his. Time, time is his. Matter is his. Atoms and molly, every, look, we possess all things. Yet some of us have nothing. Man, that's so powerful. Maybe that's the reason I, 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 I've always been confused about myself. I'm not driven by money. I'm not driven by things. I like to provide for the people that I love. I like to see them have things they want. 
But man, I'm, I'm so simple because when you can grasp this concept that Paul's talking about right here, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. Boy, that's a game changer right there when you can grasp that concept. You know, we talked about in a comms check before, Paul was uh, was actually talking about, I found the, uh, I think that was actually on Resurrected. I found the secret of contentment. The secret of contentment. Isn't this it? Isn't this part of it? Now, let's get back to the resurrection. You know, it's really hard to grasp something dying. Something is, for some reason, it's hard for us to grasp the example that Christ set. Something dying, and that it has to die in order to come back in its most beautiful and pure form. That's what Christ did. He, he literally, Jesus Christ, he had to die in order to come back as the, well, he, I mean, he was God. But he, when he died, through his death, he was glorified. He's been set above all things. He had to suffer that death. And he came back as the king of kings. All things are under him. His name is above all names. Now, what's, what's wild is, now the same thing has to happen to us. Now, it happens to us twice in our lives. When we decide to follow Christ, we, we go through a death, burial, and resurrection of the old self. That's what baptism is representative of. And we come up as a new creation in Jesus Christ now. So we, we actually have to die in that way during our lives in order to come back as a, a, you know, a glorified being, a servant of Christ in the light. Now, we also all must face physical death. Now, death, boy, Death can be an ugly and scary thing, and it's something that we don't like to talk about. It's actually become almost taboo because now, you know, back in the day, I think about this, back in the day when somebody died, the family, the loved ones had to, had to deal with it, man. They had to take the body, the funeral was usually held in the home, in a, in a bedroom somewhere. They had to dig the freaking hole and put the body. Look, they had to go through the whole process. They saw it. They understood it. In war, we see it. But now, somebody dies in a freaking hospital bed, especially during these days, you don't ever see it. You don't see the body. It's like it, some, it just gets mysteriously whisked away to some funeral home and they pump it full of preservatives and then you have a little thing or they just haul it off to the furnace, the the, the body, and just cremate it, right? So it's become, we, we've lost a connection and understanding of death itself. Now, but ultimately, we have to die. We have to go through 
physical death. Now, this is one of the things that that I I, I don't know if you say I, I I guess I have prayed for it before that that I would be courageous in my death. You know that 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 I I would be courageous when I die and, and strong in the faith. Now. I hope I, I have the opportunity to die a good death. Now, why? So we, ha- we, su- we have to suffer that death in order to receive our heavenly bodies. You're getting a new body. I don't, if, if, you ha- if you're sick right now, if you have cancer, if you're missing a limb, if, if you, your, your body's broken, that's, dude, that's just the flesh, man. It breaks down. It's not, it's not, the flesh is not eternal. It's got an expiration date on it. We have to die in order to be released from this weak physical body and receive our heavenly bodies. You are getting a new body, an eternal body. I don't know. I can't explain to you what it's going to be because I don't think that we can grasp. I don't even think we can grasp it. We can theorize on it, but I don't like theories. Now, it's it's crazy how it's crazy how hard it is for us humans to grasp this concept that we have to die in order to come back as something more magnificent, more beautiful. More better than than we could ever imagine. We have the the crazy thing is, is this is happening in nature all around us. Literally every season, it's happening on a massive, massive scale. Jesus, in his creation here, has given you hundreds of thousands of examples of death and resurrection. Now you say, hey, Chad, how in the world does this happen in nature? Look, every, uh, you guys, this is so simple. Maybe this will help you grasp this idea. Every plant produces seed. Now, think of, um, think of whatever, a flower. Whatever plant you want, every even trees, every single plant produces seed. Now, plants, when the season is over, when the season of their life is over, a lot of them die. Some of them just go dormant like trees, but a lot of them die. They die, and what is left? The seed, right? The plant has to die. The seed is left. The seed falls to the ground and it is resurrected in due time. And it produces a magnificent, beautiful, new, living thing. All uh, this, ha- this, do you guys understand what I'm saying? We have examples of death burial, and resurrection all around us. In his creation, he, he's put this, this order of life right in front of us. We see it happening. Hundreds of, on, 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 a, on a 
massive, massive scale. And we can't understand how that works with our own bodies. Well, why are we? We're not any different. We're, we're part of this same creation. We're, we're, we're here. We're part of the same cycle. Our spirit is like the seed, man. We die. But just like the seed, we are resurrected and we are glorified eternally. It's a really simple concept. And I just, I just want you to think about it. Maybe you think I'm crazy. Maybe this doesn't make any, I don't know how it would it make sense to you. The whole, the, like I say, this whole concept of death, burial, and resurrection as a new life, glorified, beautiful. This is happening every season. You can see it, right? It's no different. We are no different. I want you to have faith in your eternal life, man. I want you to understand this is no joke. This is the greatest promise that you could ever receive. This is the greatest gift that you could ever receive from your creator. And when you grasp it, it will change your entire life. All right, guys. Man, that's a long comms check, 41 minutes. I got to jump off this thing. I got a little more work to do. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Please share this episode on social media. Share this episode with a friend. Stop what you're doing right now. And please leave us a review on iTunes if you're listening to this on your iPhone. Just stop right now. The podcast ain't going anywhere. Leave us a review. Just give us a whatever, how many stars you want to give us, and just write at least one word as a review. This helps the show grow. But what helps the show grow even more is you sharing it on social media and, and even more, you sharing it with a friend. We, you, I depend on you guys to get this word out. I, I'm doing what I can. You guys are the body of 3 of 7 Project. So, thank you for doing that. Look, the Proving Grounds is coming up. I was out at the site yesterday. We planned one of the freaking most awesome adventure race type course. I don't even want to call it an adventure race. It's not. It's, 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 it's like totally unique. I planned it with my partner yesterday. That's going to be part of the Proving Grounds. Oh my gosh, this, this event is going to be off the chain. If you're on the fence about signing up, go to 307project.com and sign up for the Proving Ground because it's coming up. It's right around the corner. Yeah, I want to see you there. Resurrected this Sunday will be with Nathan. Resurrected is exclusive content for our Patreon members, our VIP Patreon members, the people that support this podcast. They give $25 a month of their hard-earned money to support this podcast. And so we do exclusive content for them 
three Sundays a month. That's called Resurrected. If you're interested in that, go check out Patreon and sign up to support the podcast if you want to. If not, just leave us a review and share this with a friend. That's all I ask. I really appreciate you tuning in. I love you guys. Enough said.